With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a post-match pint in association with Purity Ale. If you use the code hashtag Villa View, you will get 10% off all Purity have to offer. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by Dolan and Omar to dissect Aston Villa nil, West Ham 1. And I'll start with you, Omar. I'm going to be honest, after the last 24 hours, I'm pretty villa out. So I could do with some sensibility from you here because I actually don't know where my head is at with Villa at the moment. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I've not. I've not been like this about Villa since probably um... last week. <laughs> no, actually, no. Since um, that we lost the playoff final and all the stuff came out about Tony Gerrard and how we're going to go bankrupt and all that kind of stuff, and, and this sort of impending sense of doom was sort of all over Villa, and sort of most of the fan base were feeling the same way. And I think on Saturday it was one of those games where we went in. Uh, obviously, the week before. Christopher's game was awful, it was there, it was terrible. Bolton, you know, a bit of a glimmer of hope. And you go into a, a new game and you think, you know, West Ham have been poor. You know, win, win this game with top eight, you know, you, you sort of, as a fan, you, you're hopeful. And I thought the fans were pretty good for the first half, as were the team. Well, I say pretty good, pretty decent. But then All okay, was, I would say. All okay. All, yeah, all, okay, decent. Uh, in comparison to what we've seen, um, you know, ineffective, but promising. And then... The second half, we know the story, and it just just went to crap, really. And I think the the fans' reaction at the end was was warranted, as, as Gerard said. Um, you know, I I just you, you can't. I mean, we know fans like to boo these days compared to a lot more compared to uh, these days compared to what was happening in the past. But I, I, even Gerard, you know, he felt the same. It's not for it's not for just four games. It's just been the whole year. It's been a real tough tough run and there's not much hope in sight because there's no I can't see where we where we turn the corner I, I don't see uh, you know we talked about this last time um obviously most people couldn't hear me because the sound issues but I was saying you know we, the, it, there's no way there's nothing I can see there's no glimmer of hope there's no you know a bit like when I talk about Arsenal you could see that they were trying to do something and it wasn't quite clicking I can't see us trying to do anything you know the diamond formation we talked about that we thought we we're going to play we did end up playing it and it was completely ineffective there was sort of glimmers of hope in that game as well. But uh, and I thought Coutinho was okay the first half, but again, ineffective. And where we go from here, I just, <laughs> with Arsenal-Man City coming up, I, I just don't know. And and I, real, I really feel, I think it's these next few days, it's, it's going to be crucial, I think, in terms of the transfer window. If we end up with just Bednarak, then I think we're in for a real struggle. Um, and, and it's a shame I'm saying that because I think what we've got in the Gerrard now is, 
just a team of individuals and it's all about individualism rather than the collective unit as, as we had in the Dino, you know, be a good teammate and all that. We don't have that anymore. And now we're relying on individual moments of brilliance, a bit like we did under Steve Bruce. And mm. I've got to that stage now where I'm like, well, oh, please sign someone in, in, you know, Ismail Asar or someone like that who can do something in the final third and make something happen rather than thinking, oh, you know, maybe Jared will come up with a tactic or a plan that can make us playing and, and get us creative and get us on the front foot again because I don't see it. Yeah, it just feels all a little bit too off the cuff at the moment. I still, I don't like saying this, but in 2022, end of August, I'm still not sure what a Steve and Gerard Aston Villa is. I can't, I can't see what our game plan is, what what our playing style is. I do not know, and that's not a great place to be at the end of end of August when you know he's coming up to be mm. here ten months now. Is it that, yeah. that he's been in, been at the club? You expect to see some kind of tangible style now, Dolan. I expected us to lose purely because West Ham hadn't scored a goal and they haven't got a point. So everything to me there says Aston Villa defeat. But I was astonished by how bad West Ham were. I thought we were I thought we were better in the first half, like Omar. But to lose to West Ham when probably you know when I looked at how they played at Villa Park last year, they weren't as good a side as they were last year. That was a winnable game. That was a game where we could have got three points if we'd just managed to, to conjure anything together. But in the second half, in particular, I just didn't say anything. We, we didn't create anything. I don't remember us missing chances. And my dad turned around to me at the end of the game. I had 71. He's been coming to the Villa his whole life, been a season ticket holder longer than, than, than I've been alive. Turned around to me and he just said, I'm bored. That was boring. I've made him sound a little bit like a five-year-old there. But I get uh, uh, My uh, three-year-old son, oh, sorry, nearly four-year-old son said exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah he, 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 he said, first just, game, first Villa yeah. game. <laughs> should, there should, should be some kind of excitement there. And there was just nothing there. And being perfectly honest, I never do this. I booed at the end. I was just so frustrated and and, and so annoyed that we, ju- we just feel so hopeless. And with the two games we've got coming up, Dolan, it, it is a worrying time. They look like they're playing with a lot of pressure on their shoulders. And, you know, and the, the thing is with Watson at the minute, we're only going off what the club have said. Um, we're going off Perslow. Um, and Gerard saying that we're fighting for Europe. We want to get top six. We want to get top eight. Um, Personal made that statement when, whenever Dean Smith got sacked, and you know he blamed the sacking not on the season but on the year, which was twenty twenty one. Now, if we look at what Gerard's done over the last ten months, months, it's 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 been pretty turgid. It's been pretty tragic. Um, we don't have the players clearly to play with the style that he wants. You know, we don't have the quality. We haven't got quality. You know, we've got very good players. I can hear you. I can hear you fine. 
Apparently some people are saying, yeah. All of us or just you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weird. No sound. Well, we try and sort that. I'll I'll come. Oh, let me can, can hear can hear me and Dan apparently not here. Oh, let me let me uh, Adam hopefully will be able to sort that, and I'll pass over to Omar again. You back right? Apologies for that, everyone that, that's watching. Hopefully that that's all sorted now. <laughs> Donald's <laughs> upset as you can imagine, as, as we all are. So it's all going wrong. <laughs> not just I mean, Villa, us as well. <laughs> yeah, when life goes wrong, Villa go wrong. The Villa view obviously has to go wrong at exactly the same time as well. Omar, I thought he made a critical error sorry, yesterday, sorry. Gerard. Yeah. A critical sorry. error. I thought Douglas Louise being pulled off. I thought he was arguably our best player at the time. I thought he, he did what we, we've needed in midfield for, for a few weeks. To take him off when he was having a good game, I actually think Coutinho was a bit brighter because Douglas Louise was was on the pitch. You know, you talk about players having relationships and things like that. I actually felt like they had a relationship on the on the pitch yesterday. I've not yeah. really felt that about some of the other players at, at times. They were linking up quite nicely. To take Douglas Louise off at that point in the game, when the game's in the balance, when I think he was probably our best midfielder at, at the time, to go back to a midfield really that hasn't worked all year, if we're being brutal, I mean, all years may be a bit harsh. Probably, okay, let's say since March, that midfield has, hasn't worked when, when we've had Ramsey and McGinn as, as inverted eights. I think I think it's been a problem for us. I think it's created more problems than it's done good for us. To go back to that and give up the semblance of control that we had in the, in the midfield and then to mm. straight away Declan Rice just play easy ball through the midfield and four now score. And yes, it's a lucky goal. It's a horrible deflection, but a terrible run against West Ham in terms of, of bad luck. But I feel like with Douglas Louise, that, that probably doesn't happen because if you look at the, at the heat maps and the average positions, Louise was sitting in that space where that ball was played. And I just felt it was an unnecessary change at that point in, in, in the game. And it's easy to say all these things with hindsight, but it felt like the wrong sub to me. And it, it felt like the pendulum swung at that point. It wasn't so much the sub for me. And I completely agree with everything you're saying because, as I said, I've just watched rewatched the game again with a fresh pair of eyes just before we know? came on. Uh, yeah, I just I wanted to see it again because, you know, I was watching it uh, on Saturday and there was some idiot behind me in North Stand. He was from minute one, just, you know, Coutinho, you whatever, effing and blinding, get out of our club and all this kind of stuff. So it was a bit frustrating to watch it on Sunday, sorry. Um, and then, so I thought I'd watch it again. And you're completely right. Louise and, and Kamara, they bossed that midfield. West Ham didn't let us have the ball, but I thought Coutinho was brighter. He we didn't create anything, but the good moments of spells that we did have came from Coutinho. The one-two with Dougie Louise. I agree. Three balls to Luca Dean. Luca Dean should do better with the cutback. A uh, few other balls to um, Watkins. Uh, a little chip ball to Cash and things like that. And then the second half, you know, first few minutes we, we started okay, but then West Ham definitely for the next ten minutes were, were much better. Um, and I think it wasn't so much the 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 you know we needed to change personnel. It was the formation that was the issue. You know, David Moyes straight away, experienced manager, this mm. three, four, three, four, and three, five, two formation or whatever formation he's playing, the three at the back. It's not working. We're going to switch to a four, three, three. Straight away, they get more of the ball. Ben Rama gets on the ball a lot more. They're finding a lot more space and we're struggling to keep hold of the ball. And the diamond formation isn't working. Now, Dougie Louise was fairly anonymous in that sort of 10 minute spell, but so was every single other player in that, in that, in that team, especially Danny Ings. And the sub I would have made would have been Danny Ings for maybe Leon Bailey or Buendia and try and switch to a 4-3-3 uh, because it was quite obvious that it wasn't so much a personnel that needed to change. It was the formation wasn't working. 
And all, and this is the big problem we've had we've had with Gerard uh, for a long time is the subs. It's just about personnel. It's about individuals rather than the collective, rather than the formation, rather than tactics. So many times we have not changed tactics in game when they've needed to be changed. And, and again, we saw that on Sunday. We didn't adapt to to what was going on. Leon Bailey comes on. Yeah, he loses the ball a couple of times, but he was our brightest spark, I thought, for that sort of last 10 minutes. And he tried to do something and he gave mm-hmm. us something different. And obviously all the stuff that's gone on with his dad and all that oh, stuff. He's a yeah, shut, he's a yeah, yeah, it's, it's just... Honestly. It's just, it's just not what we need at the moment. But it shows you the disharmony in, 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 in the Villa dressing room, the fact that the leaks are coming out, there's things coming out. John Percy's article that's come out about, you know, the, the players can't understand why Samson's not playing and all this kind of stuff. They, you know, there's obviously, you know, even under Dean Smith, I think when things were going bad, we never had leaks like that because the, the players were sort of together. But I think I sense there's there's no togetherness there. But, but going back to, the, sorry, the, the point, I, I just think we needed to change formation. We needed to change tactics. And we, we tried to play this diamond, carry on playing this diamond, and they were playing 4-3-3 three, three, and they were just going all the way around us. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times did uh, Fournals pick up space on the left-hand side or... Or Ben Rama pick up space. Yeah, ben Rama really he got he got a lot of the ball as soon yeah. as he came on straight away. There was a tangible difference to West Ham because Ben Rama was on the pitch yeah. and he was picking and, up the and, ball. And Antonio was holding the ball up a lot, a lot better than Skamaka. And yeah, they didn't create anything because they were poor. <laughs> let's let's not fake, let's not forget this is you know, we played Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Everton, and uh, West Ham. Three we should be we should be on at least six points, if not nine points of those games, considering the teams that we played and the form that they're in. And and to have just three points, it's just not good enough because we saw last season, you know, if you don't pick up points in those crucial games like we didn't against Watford and Newcastle and Burnley and teams like that, you're playing catch-up and it's very difficult to come back from that. It's all well and good saying, well, it's only four games in, but the Premier League is the Premier League. If you don't pick up points in those games, it's so much difficult to pick them up in other games. You yeah. You get them um, in easy games. Yeah, you spoke about the strikers and, and Dolan, me and you disagreed a little bit on WhatsApp yesterday because, you know, Watkins and Ingram, I mean, neither keeper has made a save in that game. Neither keepers had to do anything. I think Ramsey rolled one into the goalkeeper's arms in the second half, but neither keepers really had to do anything. But Watkins and Ings, in my opinion, Watkins in particular, he's, he's doing the things you should do as a striker, but they're not missing chances, Watkins and Ings, because they're not getting the ball in dangerous enough positions. I've I've literally just done something on on um you know, in Irish media, and they've said to me, I don't know how true this is, but I'm presuming it's true because they've said it to me. Other than Liverpool and Man City, Villa have had the most possession in the in the final third in the Premier League this season. And I, I find that very difficult to believe. But it's all well and good having the ball, but you've got to know what to do with it. And we just lack any kind of penetration. And like I say, Watkins and Ings, mm. they're not missing chances. And this is going to sound outlandish, but I genuinely believe mm. it to be true. You, you know, when you watch Wolves, you think, oh, they're a good side yeah. until, until they get into the penalty area. I honestly think if Watkins and Ings were playing for Wolves, mm. I think they'd score probably 15 goals, 15 goals a season because they'd get chances. They're not getting chances for us. Can everyone meet though, just foremost? I don't want to go on there around and then not be heard. I can, can I be heard, you, but that is doesn't. That, is that, doesn't. Uh, can you fine, yeah. Not clear? Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll just carry on talking until until the comments come up and say that, that I can't be heard, which which probably is a bad thing. Um <clears throat> I th- I thought the the Mika Richards analysis last night was was really interesting when he <clears throat> singled out Danny Ings and he was essentially overlapping uh, Luca Dean and for me that just doesn't make sense I mean why if you're playing two strikers why why not have them in the box that's the whole point to you know to, to fill the box with with attacking players and it just it's, like I said before it's, it's just disjointed um, it's very similar to Smith last season Smith had a disruptive pre-season with Grealish um, we we obviously got in pretty much a whole new attacking attacking three 
Uh, Bailey was injured. He didn't know. He didn't know his best. His best eleven. He didn't know his best formation. And uh, it was jointed. And, and this is exactly this. Exactly the same. I mean, you look back now at that Bournemouth game, and you look how Bournemouth have performed over the last two or three games, and it makes that opening day game against Bournemouth look even more depressing than it already was. Oh, they've, um, they've had hard games in fairness to them, but they have been pumped. I know. Still, they've been absolutely bad. And as you said, like you know, our record against West Ham, we haven't won. We, we haven't beaten West Ham at home since Tim Sherwood, so it's been a while. Um, but they were there for the take, and they were very average yesterday, very very average. And um, and we just we just can't seem to find a way to to control the game. And it all just looks. It, it, I mean, obviously, you, you can never tell what goes on behind the scenes, but what we see um, in the media and what we see on the pitch, the body language, the post match interviews, pre match interviews, the the snides from from certain players, um, sat on. Gilbert, um, Bailey's Bailey's um, agent, his, his stepfather. It's all just it's not good. It's not a good look. And you know the media keep on saying that the Villa fans are kind of out of order for for um, for you know being for being upset, but not about these four games. It's the last ten months, and there's been absolutely no. You know, if you're Dean Smith, you've got to be sitting there going, "Well, how did I get the sack?" Because there are are arguably on more of a downward spiral than, than Dean Smith was, and Dean Smith had built that squad, and, and it, it was it was it was a squad that was becoming used to how to how he wanted to play, and it's um it's not good, mate. And the the next two, well, the next four, um, Arsenal, City, Southampton, or Leicester and Southampton. Listen, mate. I mean, who knows what 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 Villa's going to turn up? You look at it now, mate, and it is it is not a happy camp. Um, and yeah, something's going to give, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be. It's not. Uh, yeah, there's leads as well after Southampton. So yeah, things have to change quickly. Um, we need to bring in players. We need to we need to bolster the squad. That midfield is just way off it. As you said today on Sky Sports News, which I thought you were spot on, um, you know, feeling they can pass the ball. Um, we I'm not saying that they can't pass the pass ball. What, what I'm saying is, is that I think McGinn and Ramsey, they do similar things in that they're providing energy and they're box to box. Kamara's too deep to really be the one to get the ball to the front players. You need a midfielder in there for me that, that, that's a passer. I think yeah. McGinn, McGinn and Ramsey, mm. McGinn in particular at the moment. He's become a bit of a scapegoat on social media. But I think the stuff he's good at, he's been completely curtailed in the way yeah. he's being asked to play. 100%. He's a box-to-box midfielder, yeah. but we don't ever see him in the box. You've got to have midfielders breaking. In. You've got to have at least one of them getting into the box. The amount of crosses we swing in the box and there's just Watkins there. Zuma had a spell yesterday where he must have cleared the ball about three times in 15 seconds. Yeah. So we're just aimlessly, hopefully, mm. putting putting the ball in there. With the You've got to have runners. You've got to have runners. How many times? But how many times in the second half, towards the end, end of the game, did we just cross the ball? All we were doing was just pumping balls into the box. Bournemouth and was ninety minutes of that. It doesn't seem to be anything. Well, exactly. It's just so what? So what are they being told? You know, what are they being told to do on the pitch? Gerard said that the players have to uh, have imagination. 
So you leave probably your two players with the most with the most so-called imagination on the bench in Buendia and Bailey. And so if they've got imagination, then so what so surely they should have a very clear set of 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 um of tactics and a very clear game plan. Yeah, there's got to be a framework there. Now, there has to be a framework. This is the problem, though, isn't it? If we, if, if we try and sign uh, another three attacking players, then what's the point? <laughs> All my part of me thinks, what's the point? Because if there's no framework there, as you say, Dan, there's yeah. no pattern of play. There's nothing being worked on in the training ground in terms of, you know, when uh, Chambers has the ball or Luca Dean has the ball, this player drops here and this player goes in this position, this player goes in that position. We play this kind of style of football or this kind of tr- uh, you know pattern of play, whatever. It doesn't matter because, as you say, the, the McGinn's been poor for a long time, and and no way should have been captain in my in my opinion. Um, and now he's undroppable because he's captain. But even then, I thought on on Sunday he was slightly better first half because he was playing on the left hand side. He was allowed to get forward a lot more. Soon as Ramsey comes on, they switch positions again, and bang, they're on the wrong side again. And again, there's a big issue because they're both going back onto their their favourite foot into a, a crowded area, and it doesn't work. So again, there's no. You know, yeah, they're, they're not. They are similar players. They're not passers of the ball. But put Conor Gallagher in this team. Put Yuri Tillemans in this team. It doesn't matter because if they're being asked to play as inverted fullbacks and 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 not getting forward and not getting in those right positions and not being able to play those, you know, not working on patterns of play, not working on ways to hurt a team, uh, then what? You know, what's the point? They're just going to be completely nullified anyway. And I think it, it boils down to not having, you know, again that. All the, all the talk post-match, whenever we lose is the players are not buying into it. It's on the players. They need to buy into it. You know, they're not all in. I'm all in. All this kind of stuff. It's not about that. It's not about, you know, you get to the final third and make something happen. It should be, you, sh- you should be, you know, get get to the final third and the, you play, you this player goes in this position, this player goes in that position, you drop here. You know, that that's the kind of thing you should be working on. That's what every other team in modern football works on is, when we don't have the ball in this position, this is what we do. When we do have the ball in this position, this is what we do. But it doesn't seem like we work like that. It doesn't seem like that's what happens. And, and and you know, yeah, Neil Critchley's been there for four games. So, yeah, fair enough. But, you know, I, we've seen we've seen Steven Gerrard come in a, a Villa and change change things straight away. We've seen Mar- uh, Marcelo Bielsa. We've seen David Moyes. We've seen Jesse Mensch. We've seen all these players come in. All these sorry, all these managers come in and make an immediate impact in terms of style of play, or you know, ideas of play, or working on things and make a sort of immediate impact and a significant impact. Why can't we now have this after sort of ten months or whatever it's been? It's um, it's really worrying, and I think uh, a big concern for me is not just Stephen Gerrard. Is there's there's been a pattern of bad decisions made since Jack Grealish left the club. You know, since we decided that Danny Ings should should be signed. Um, and we had nowhere to play him, and we had no idea where to play him, and he didn't fit the profile of what we we're doing. We decided to sign him to sort of soften the blow. Danny Ings, Coutinho, Luca Dean, Gerard, you know, these are all decisions made not just by Steven Gerard. You know, yes, Steven Gerard is, is responsible for on the pitch, but off the pitch, I think there's been a lot of issues and a lot of bad decisions made. And that points to me is a change of strategy. You know, what is Johan Langer there for? What is Rob McKenzie there for? If we're signing players like Jan Bednarak or Craig Dawson and players like that, like what are they there for? If we're suddenly a new manager comes in, we go, let's forget signing the likes of Cash, Watkins and Martinez and, you know, these types of players who, you know, maybe Kamara fits that profile. Yeah, fair enough. But, you know, these sort of ready-made players. And again, the comparison to Arsenal doesn't work because they have they have a younger profile squad. These players are going to improve over time. Luca Dean, Coutinho, Danny Ings, these players are not going to improve any more than they're, they're already at their ceiling. If anything, they're going to get worse. So that comparison doesn't make sense. So 
again, it's not just Steven Gerrard. There's a whole culture around the club that needs to change. And, uh, and, in, and everyone at the club needs to have a hard look at themselves and say, look, you know, the, the owners have done a fantastic job. They've invested a lot of money in this club. You know, they need to see some return now. It's not good enough. And the fans deserve more because we've been patient. There's 20,000 you know, fans in, in the waiting list. They deserve more. These, these fans here, we've been through, the, you know, us nearly getting bankrupt and all the way to where we are now. You know, I'm, no one's saying we need to be top seven or top six. No one expects that. You know, no, none, no. Of, none of us fans asked for that. You know, we just wanted sort of stable and uh, continuous improvement. That's all we ever wanted. It's the owners, it's Perslow and Co that have been saying, top seven you know they're trying to make big statements and and big noises you know this is going to be a big summer Stephen Gerrard said there's going to be a lot of changes what have we seen nothing and we're talking about the same issues that we did last season and to be honest I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm fed up of it and I think the fans deserve more it's as simple as that yeah we're no further forward than we were 12 months ago at the moment you, you, you can't deny that at all and I was in the whole end yesterday Dole and the end of the game it, the boos were loud People, people are tired. People, are, people are frustrated. People, people mm. are bored. Like, like I said earlier on, on in the show, it's it's mm. feeling difficult for Gerard at the moment. I feel like it's going to be tough for him to to win the fans back. I always feel when you get to, when you get to this point, it's 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 very very difficult. And I'm not here calling for his head. I don't like calling for manager's head. It's never never been me. Not 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 been my style at all. But at the moment, we've all been saying it. 2022. There is very little semblance of anything to get behind where you can sit there and think, this is what we're trying to do here. This is what Aston Villa is. There's improvement here. There isn't really anything at the moment. If you're asking me to to name anything good about Aston Villa at the moment in terms of on the pitch, I don't have an answer and that's not good. Mm. It just feels there's becoming more of a disconnect with the fans and the players and the um, it's not, not been to develop park this season, but even the small things like apparently the catering is absolutely dreadful, it is terrible, the, the, the quality is terrible. And you just sort of thinking, well, if we want to go to that next level as a, as a proper elite f- f- football club, all this for me, all this thing, all, all these things have to be taken into consideration. And, and there's, just, there's just a real unrest at the minute. And the biggest unrest is, is what's happening on the pitch, and um, the players aren't able to carry out the game plan that Gerard wants. We we can't play um, with with our fullbacks bombing forward as our as our sort of you know attacking at some backs. They it, it doesn't work. It isn't working. Um, if again begin in the ninety first minute and bring on Archer, I mean, well, it was completely pointless. Like, what is the point in that? Um, for me, that's an insult, a complete insult to Cameron Archer. That's not that's not how you. It's not how you you progress, young young talent. You know we should have been given at least ten or fifteen minutes to to, to make any impact. But um, draw barely too afraid to, to to take off McGinn. Um, and everything at the minute just seems yeah like a, like like a real disconnect. And it was like I say it was the it was the CEO and the manager that were that were that were banging on to the fans. Um, Gerard was talking about a no a no excuse culture. The players have everything at, at the training ground. Everything's top notch. Everything's top of the range. Um, so the players have no excuses. Well, listen, there's no excuse for what's happening this season on the pitch. It's it's out of order. Um, and Perslow again spoke about, you know, the reason Smith got sacked was due to the results in 2021. You look at Gerard's results in 2022, and and they're 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 just they're just as bad. And you just don't see where the where the next the next wins coming from um, when you're playing the likes of. Bournemouth, Palace, Everton, and West Ham. You know, I'm looking for at least at least seven points 
at least seven points from those first four games. Um, these are essentially the teams that we want to be up and around and aspire to be, you know, and we were miles off it, absolutely miles off. Um, before you look at the the, the work that um, Jesse Morris has done, as Lamar said, Eddie Howe, Patrick Vieira. I mean, they've had nowhere near the budget. Even Howe hasn't spent that much money. Um, and they've made, they've made, they've arguably made, made the players they have. they've created a style and a and a bond and a unity and I just fear that we're getting back to 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 the days on garden end of learner which, which was and as you said those will be very very clear and uh players were the game on some well um there's there's no hiding place I mean, the, the, we have to we have to get a result against Man City because the fans will stand for, and it's only going to get worse. And if I've lost you a little bit, don't think you've got internet connectivity problems. Um, I was there. I'm, I'm struggling for an answer, so I know you're not going to be able to answer this either. Did you see anything positive from that game? Douglas Louise is about the best I can come up with. I, I do think the midfield looked better with him in there, but I don't think he's the long-term solution to Villa's midfield woes either. I just think he was he was better than what we've had what we've had in there previously because of that link up with Coutinho and, and them just having a relationship. But again, you, know, you fall behind and you want to see something, but it's just nothing, yeah. just flat, just. You can say that goal and you're looking at it and you just feel like there's no belief there from the fans that we're going to get back into the game. There's no belief from the players that we're going to get back in the game. There's really not any belief from the bench that we're going to get back back in the game. You, know, you can see it and Leon Bailey's pulled back in straight mm. away. That's that's just reacting to what's happened. It's not, it's not proactive to try and have, have a foothold in the game beforehand. You're just reacting to, to going a goal down and making an off-the-cuff substitution to throw on an, an attacking player. And we'd, we're useless when we go behind. We've not yeah, been great yeah. when we've got ahead this season either, but you know we we are useless from behind and have been for a long time. Yeah, and then let's not forget some of it's on the players as well, not just the the manager. Um, it's it's that, the same. Although, a lot of these are the same players that same we were players, talking yeah. about last year yeah. under Smith. So I think that does need to be looked into as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, I, I definitely blame the manager uh, for, for the majority of the issues because I think this, like you talked about, the system and everything is, is not working. But in terms of positives, I think uh, the only positives I can think of are. <laughs> well, okay. Well, one is um, the pitch looks nice. Yeah, the pitch looked good. Um, I thought Coutinho was brighter and, and Dougie Louise together they combined really well. I thought Chambers and Konza were very good. Yeah, uh, I was worried about that before the game, but West Ham didn't hurt us physically, which yeah. is what I was expecting. And even, you know, it didn't I hurt saw us physically at all. Few people saying our oh, Konza was a bit of a nothing uh, block, but I actually thought it was try he was trying to be a bit clever with the block because he was trying to block it in a way that if, if he did try and take him on, he could still get up and, and go again. So at the end of the day, he did hit it. You know, he did sort of get it, in the way. And Con it's, Con it's, it's wasn't the like, problem yesterday. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm, and the, I thought, I, I thought I'm the first one to point the finger at him sometimes, yeah, yeah. but he was yeah. not the problem yesterday. Yeah, and I thought I thought Chambers was very good. And I thought, um, but I think I think the big things I can take away from the game is, you know, next three days are massive. If you're going to back Gerard, then back him. And but know, is, he, is that does... the answer though? Because I was asked this earlier well, on Sky. But, he, but, like, but, but is, is, I want to see some I, I players that I, are there. I, I personally wouldn't. I, I wouldn't give him any more money. And personally, if it was me, he wouldn't be at the club. It's, it's as simple as that. But if they are going to back him, which it looks like they are, 
then give him the money, give him the players that he wants, which apparently we haven't got, give him what he needs, the tools to, to succeed, and then you know give him till the international break to see if he can t- turn things around. So that that is the one positive because I think these next two days are, are are crucial. The other positive I think is it's it's clear to see hopefully in Gerald's eyes this diamond formation doesn't work. We talked about it in the last pod if you remember Dan. No one plays the diamond formation or in the way that we play it anyway. It just means you're so narrow when you got the ball and the Premier League teams are just gonna just gonna you know cut you out any way they can in terms of passing lanes or anything like that. So you're never gonna create anything. And I thought. Um, Leon Bailey was was fairly bright when he came on, which points to me that actually do we need to play with sort of genuine width? Maybe there'll be a, maybe a winger signing or something like that that that, that may may happen in uh, in the next couple of days. Apart from that, I think maybe Dougie Louise is the main main Dougie Louise and the Kamara partnership is the is the main positive. The big concern for me is though if if we do play Dougie Louise and Kamara, how do you fit them in the team and McGinn? Do you play McGinn as number 10? Do you play Bundee and Bailey as, as wide players with Watkins up front? Do you drop Coutinho? Do you play Coutinho and Bailey? I, I just, I think Dougie Louise and Kamara have to play um, in, in, in some sort of formation that we play and we have to play with some width, at least on one side, um, because I, I just don't want to play this narrow formation where we're relying on a bit of magic from Coutinho or Bundee to pick a pass out of nothing. It's just never going to work. And, and I also think, you know, Danny Ings, I think he needs to have a spell inside. I think he's done, he's done fairly well. He's worked hard and he had a good game against Everton. And it's not his fault, but I don't think he should have ever been signed. And I, I was sitting here whenever we signed him saying, you know, oh, yeah, I can see why we signed him and he's a marquee player and it's sort of a, shine of a sign of ambition. But at the same time, I was still thinking, hey, how are we going to fit them in? And it's clear to see that, you know, yes, we've played good football with those two in, but long-term, they might play well in the odd game, but long-term, it's not going to do anything for us. And the players that we have and the way that Gerard wants to play, it's just so difficult to play with two up front because he's never going to play with genuine width. So, you know, I, I just don't think it's going to work. Um, so in your answer, no, there's no positives. <laughs> You've got to, if you're going to play that formation, you've got to have a bit of pace in the side. Especially, you know, your fullbacks have got to be different types of fullbacks to Luka Dane and Matty Cash. Now, they're not slow. They're not. They're not rapid either. They're not speedy players. I, yeah, I thought Luca Dean especially was was poor. On, on he's Sunday. had an iffy start to the season. Luca Dean, to be honest, in every game. Yeah, he made a so he made a great recovery for the great when, recovery, uh, when yeah. they broke. Thanks to Cash as well. Sort of yeah, they both did, as well. both did well for that. But I mean, just really powder puff. Really, really powder puff. I thought I thought Cash was good actually. I thought Cash was decent. But again, not getting forward. He was he was he was staying back. Luca Dean was obviously bombing forward, and we were doing everything down the left hand side, weren't we? Pretty much for the first sort of fifty minutes. If you just look at the average, I saw it posted on Twitter by someone. If you look at the average positions of our team, a massive there's a massive hole down down the one down the one side of of, of the pitch. But just players are just never where you would think they should be in an yeah. average position. Your fullbacks are never where you would expect them to be. Your central midfielders are so far back they're almost on top of the on top of the centre backs. Your strikers all seem to be down the one side as well. And because Coutinho and Watkins again now basically on top of each other. On the on the average position thing that, that I saw, and it, again when I say to you that there should be some kind of framework, some kind of playing style, I, I don't see it, and I want to, I'm desperate to see it. And you know, those first five six games, Gerard came in, I did see it straight away immediately. I could I could visibly see what he had changed from, hmm. from Dean Smith, and it looked good. And the the he Gerard himself was talking about the distances between the players, the distances between the midfield and the attack, are frightening at times. Absolutely, and fine. we're not getting the basics at all. Not even get the basics right. We're 
the the least amount of distance covered in the whole Premier League. You know, that is it. You know, you have people say, oh, it's not all about running. <laughs> Premier League is massively about running. You know, Pascal Gross is that is it covered the most distance in the Premier League. And there's a reason why he's he's got goals and assists this season has been one of the standout players in the Premier League. You know, yeah. you need to have players putting in a shift in the Premier League. And we're not doing it at all. You know, and, and a big part of that is because we're so slow and methodical on the ball that, you know, by the time actually we get in a position where we can play a ball through, you know, everyone's so static because they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's, yeah. again, going back to your point, you know, there's no, there's no, no runners, there's no, no runners, no plan, no nothing. And and it's really, and that is why, you know, you've got all these pundits saying it's been four games and Villa fans are being too harsh and Arteta's done this and Alex Ferguson's done this and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. For any Alex Ferguson, there's another 25 managers who haven't done anything. And would would never have done anything if they didn't get a sack. So you know it does it has no relevance to us. Villa fans can see the average Villa fan, not not always, but a lot of the times now is a lot more informed than these pundits because they see every match, they watch every single match home and away because we can now. We're compared to before we couldn't. So they understand what's going on. The Villa fans know what's wrong, and it's not just four games. It's been going on for a long, long, long period of time, and it has to change. And 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 how you change that? If you're going to back Gerald, like I say, you've got to. Give him the individuals that he wants because that's the way he's going to play. It's not about teamwork or tactics. It's about you know a team of individuals making things happen, and that's the way he wants to play. You want to back that. Fair enough. Do that and and get the players in that he wants. It's, it's as simple as that. There's two things you said before before that last bit that are, are two of the biggest things for me, and I think the, the running is one. We, we we definitely don't cover as much ground as the other teams. I, I can visibly say that when when I'm watching us, and and two, yeah, we do have a lot of the ball at times. But there's got to be, you've got to have some possession with a bit of purpose. Villa have the ball. There's not much purpose. Villa can make 35 passes and the ball ends up back at Martinez. And I get that, you know, if you've got the ball, the opposition isn't going to score. That, that, that That's brilliant. But at some point, you've got to try and open a team up. We don't really look capable of, of, of doing that. We managed to do it against, against Everton. Watkins, for the, for the first goal, managed to managed to open them up and, and play the ball across to, to Ings. And that was, that was a nice little move. And we managed to take advantage of a gap in the Everton team that day. But really, you know, when we see Villa constructing a nice passing move and, and, and scoring a goal, I will say as well, I don't see Villa score a deflected goal or anything like the goal that went yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. luck's not in for us. We ever score a goal like that? It no, just doesn't no. happen, does it? But yeah, you know, you've got to have you've got to have a bit of penetration, and we just we just don't have it. A bit a bit of intent, and as I say, as soon as we went one nil down. You almost, as a Villa fan, know the game is over because we've got such a pitiful record from behind. I mean, again, that's not just right. Gerard; that that's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. And I think it's a mentality thing. I think this is my problem, though. I'm, I'm saying it's not just Gerard. There's a there's a culture thing that needs to... We had a really great culture at this club. And we all had a really good connection with this club because of, of Dean Smith and Jack Grealish. Let's let's put it, you know, let's, let's take facts as they are. You know, we felt like we got a club back. And as soon as those two left the club, something, uh, a little bit of us, you know, the, the emotion, the connection went away. And to build that back up, I don't think... We've we've had that since, and 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 that's why we probably wouldn't we probably give Dean Smith a lot more time than we did Gerard maybe, but that that needs to be rekindled somehow, and and the way you do that is by good performances, is by players putting in, is good tackles, is a bit of emotion on the pitch, and we're not seeing that at all, and you know the, the running stats, you know going back to your point there about possession, you know we are I think we're probably fourth best in terms of percentage possession in in the league at the moment, but. How you know AJ on our pod when we did this last week talked about it and he said he, he did it sort of looked at the how we progress with possession how quickly we progress from back to front and and what does that end up with 
And we're the slowest in the league in terms of progressing the ball uh, after Man City. But Man City, always, uh, Man City also, although they're slow progressing the ball, they have three times as many actions at the end of it, i.e. a shot or a, or a, or a key pass. So they're for every, well, I don't know what the stats were, but three times as much in terms of creativity. We're the worst in the league in terms of, I think, 14th in the league for XG created. So yes, we're having a lot of the ball, but we're not progressing it. We're not quick enough with the ball. We're very mediocre on the ball. Again, it points to two things. One, we don't have the players, but two, we don't have any sort of plan in place in terms of, you know, where players should be, how we should be passing through the lines, how we should be progressing the ball. And it's on the players. It's almost like a bit like Steve Bruce, where it was, you know, Gerard's very similar to Steve Bruce, where he, you know, and he said it himself and a lot of players, Martinez mentioned it in his interview, you know, that Gerard would hardly do much in the in the week leading up to the match. He's all about the match and man management. It's all up to the coach. He's coaches. the overseer. He's the overseer, yeah. So he's very much a Bruce type of manager where it's almost like, you know, this is the formation we're going to play. It's up to you now to go and do it. And and that's why he keeps saying about, you know, we need more quality in the final third. We weren't creative enough. It's sometimes it's not just up to the players. It's up to you to to do something about that and, and make situations happen where we can be creative, where Coutinho can find a pocket of space where he can do something and not just rely on, oh, look, if we change Dougie Luis for Ramsey, then something that will change. You know, that we, should, we should be able to do that with different players as well. And, and also things like, you know, the bomb squad as well. That always points to a bad dressing room. You know, what has Anwar Ghazi done to, to be shifted out the way he has? What has Morgan Sanson done really? I know he hasn't played under Dean Smith or Gerrard, but... It's not like he's had shown a bad attitude apart from you know, the post where he's got frustrated. He, and when he's played, he's shown willingness and I think he's shown good good things. Same with Freddie Gilbert. You know, these types of players are training with the bomb squad. These are professional players. You know, why are they treating him like that? What's happened? Again, it points to something going wrong in the background and, and a, a, a type of management style that I'm personally not on, on board with. It's not a happy camp, is it? It's not a happy place. Mm-hmm. Villa Park or Bodymore at the moment, but we live in hope. And, you know, we're going to be doing a match preview for the Arsenal game tomorrow. I say we're leaving hope. I've actually got no hope at all for that game, so I don't know. I don't know what, what why I said that. And well, no, Gabby I, does, and Gabby does. He said uh, it would be, be, very, be very Villa to beat Arsenal. I was like, because no, Gabby very, knows what it's like to be very Villa to be beaten twice by Arsenal and, uh, and Man City. But you know, I, I think what will happen is, you know, obviously, I think if we lose against Arsenal, Man City, then I think Gerrard's got one of the worst, if not the worst. Those two games are free hits. He's not going to be under pressure exactly. for losing those two games. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it comes down to Southampton and Leicester games and the Leeds games, you know, that that's where we need to revitalise our season. And yeah, we're, we're, we're fans at the end of the day, first and foremost. And I think the fans have been brilliant in terms of in the pitch, uh, sorry, in, in the ground, both home and away. You know, we've backed the team. I've been there the last couple of games, home and away. And, the fans have been vocal. They've been very supportive. They've been backing the team. They've been trying to G the team up. It's not until we've lost the game or it's been no hope in the game that the fans have turned and, and rightfully so. So I fully expect the Villa fans to be fo- away fans to be in full force on Wednesday. I think they'll back the team. It's up to the players and up to the management team now to, to deliver. It's not, it's, not, it's not the fans. You know, before we've talked about how Villa Park can be a toxic fan base or can be a toxic place. But yeah, that's I, not I, don't think that's, I don't think it's, that's the problem at all. And, you know, as you can see... Again, 42,000 people were there on Sunday, you know, and we're having a really bad, we're in a bad year and there's still people turning up every week and cheering the team on. You know, it's, it's time for the fan, it's time for the players and, and Gerard and co to, to, to give back. Yeah, well, we'll be previewing the Arsenal game tomorrow night on the video, as, as I said. 
Thanks to Omar and thanks to Dolan as well. We were having some connection issues with, with his internet from 1995. So yeah, he, he left halfway through the show. But yeah, thanks to him for coming on as well. Thanks to all you for tuning in and thanks to Purity for continuing to sponsor us as well. Don't forget to use that code, hashtag bit of you, and you'll get 10% off everything Purity have to offer. Quick note from me that I'm going to do the Big Villa Sleepout in October. I don't have the date in front of me, so I've completely forgotten when it is, but the link to sponsor me is on my Twitter. So if you could, I'll retweet it after this. Actually, I'll get it back to the top of my Twitter feed. If you can spare anything at all, I appreciate it. The moment times are really, really hard. But if you can sponsor me for, for that and try and raise some money for the Villa Foundation and, and the Villa Kitchen Initiative, which is a really, really important initiative, especially around the autumn and winter winter months, it's something that's really, really important. So if you get the chance and you could spare some money, if you could please sponsor me, for the Big Villa Sleeper, I'd really, really appreciate it. As mentioned previously, we will be back tomorrow night for more depressing chat about Aston Villa Football <laughs> Club. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa. <laughs>